0: Welcome to Locksportscast, your weekly source for Locksport news and sometimes interviews. This is episode 41, recorded March 13th, 2021. I'm your host, Charles Krant. In today's episode, first public pick of the Codkey Loxis L52, more smart locks. Artichoke 2000 teaches gin spools, Pocket Woman's lighted follower tips, Fish Picks teaches how to make Chris Capoon's tension wrench, Master Lock invading Bunnings, disassembling a Fichet monoblock, the Locky Award winners, Lockpicking Assassins, sales and giveaways. You can find the audio version of the show almost anywhere you listen to audio content. You can find the video version on YouTube currently, Links to all stories discussed will be in the show notes. YouTube and a few of the podcast apps limit the length of show notes that I can post. So you can always find full show notes at thelocksportscast.com if the way you're consuming the podcast doesn't allow them. A couple of quick announcements before we get started. Uh, for those that didn't see the live stream, I will be announcing the Lucky Award winners in this show. It'll be in the second half of the show. So stay tuned for that. But most importantly, the Lock Sportscast is changing podcast hosting services. Most podcast apps should pick up the change automatically. However, if you are listening to this podcast on Podbean, it might not. Uh, I had some problems with that when I switched over the podcast I do with my wife. The Podbean app didn't pick it up. So, irregardless of the app you listen on, if you fail to see a new episode every week, if at some point you stop seeing a new episode, Uh, You may have to go back into your app, unfollow and refollow, or unsubscribe and resubscribe, however they say it, to catch the new feed. Just something I ran into specifically on the Podbean app because I was hosted on Podbean and they pull it internally or something. I don't know. It's kind of weird, but I had to unsubscribe or unfollow, as they say, and then go in and refollow in corrections and additions this week. I wanted to touch on a comment that was left on the YouTube version of this podcast last week. You may remember I touched on the 2018 prisoner escapes from a German prison and said it appeared to be they were having a problem because they had several prisoners escape along with the key being copied uh, this year. Uh, And I also mentioned it was weird that the prisoners uh, photos couldn't be released in order to try and recover them. Well, Loch replied with a comment, uh, kind of filling in some details there and giving a different perspective, so I thought I would read that here. The comment reads, about those escaped prisoners in Germany, no, nothing is wrong with our prisons. That news was from 2018. The story was exceptional. Normally, our inmates stay where they should. After this incident, most of them actually returned within a few weeks. Our authorities don't make names and faces of criminals famous unless they have to for very good reason to warn the public. By the way, escaping from prison is not illegal in Germany unless you commit more crimes during and after the prison escape. There are reasons why crime rates in Germany are much lower than in the US and why our rehabilitations are more successful as well. Some of these reasons are the ones above. We don't make criminals famous and we don't dramatize stuff. Therefore, criminals usually do not behave like dangerous wild beasts being hunted down. And once they get out of prison, they have a good chance to start a new life without crime. So I replied back saying, thanks for the information. Sounds like a very different system than ours. I'll have to look into it more. And Lock Looney replied back to that with, this might be a good start for your research. And there's a link to a TED TED talk about how the system works. Lock Looney also said, should have a look at the prison systems in Finland and Norway. They take it even a few steps further with amazing results. So thank you for that comment, Lock Looney. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm always willing to be educated and corrected. Start off the news this week with a couple of uh, smart locks that have been announced. The Securem Touch Smart Lock. Uh, the article I read said the Securem Touch Smart Lock pricey but packed with premium features, and it said the Securem Touch Smart Lock is built tough and feature set is exceptional for the price point. Its solid aluminum construction feels exceptionally sturdy. If you're not as concerned with the cost as you are with high quality, good looking door lock, the Secure M Touch is a great buy. That's a great sell right there. <laughs> Key features, fingerprint scanner, multiple entry modes, Alexa integration, easy installation, auto locking, remote operation when paired with a smart hub, spy proof code entry. I'm not sure exactly what that means. It didn't seem to be described. Low battery warning light, single use codes for visitors or in-home services and a 12-month warranty. It features Wi-Fi connectivity, Alexa integration, uh, takes... uh, couple of batteries, the CR-123 type, retails for around $239. If you want it to have remote access, then you'll need to up the budget by another $90 for the hub, I think it was. So I was looking at it, trying to figure out where the key was on this thing, because it shows these weird, look like uh, slider-style keys. And the keyway is not on the face of the lock. Going through Amazon, I was able to find pictures that showed the bottom side of the lock, and the key enters from the bottom of the lock. So I'm not sure what the mechanics are in there, and also I'm not exactly sure what the key is. Is it is it a real slider lock? Um, is it just some weird cheap wafer setup? I couldn't tell. Two different pictures had two different comp- shaped keyways, so I'm not sure how that works. But anyway interesting little lock. So I'll put the link to that in the show notes. The next smart lock comes from a tech startup in Ann Arbor, Michigan. The article that I read was entitled Ann Arbor Tech Startup Reimagines Keyless Home Entry and Smart Access. Starts off by saying no keys, no problem. Passive Bolt's smart lock changes up how you open your front door. Basically this uh, company was started in 2018 and started by producing the, what it calls the shepherd lock, which uses smartphones in place of traditional keys and a cloud-based platform to keep users updated on home security. The smart lock also freezes the doors deadbolt when it senses an attempted security breach, uh, like lock picking, it says Uh, on that. When I looked on their website, it shows a gentleman trying to bust the door down with his shoulder, at which point the bolt begin evidently triggers an alarm, and if continued attempts are made to access it after that, it will lock the bolt, it says. So I'm not sure if picking by itself will lock the bolt, or if it takes more of a jar than that to alarm and lock the bolt first. I was a little confused by that. Also, the the video they show of the guy trying to bust the door down with his shoulder, he's wailing away at the door, and the way they're filming it is through the little tiny side window right next to it that he could have just busted out and reached around and unlocked it because, as the website says, you cannot unlock it with a touch via the front face unless you have the phone app, but anybody can release it via touch from the inside without any uh, authorization, which you have to do for fire code and stuff like that. But again, that little glass pane next to the deadbolt is the weakest link in the whole thing. Going on in the article, it also mentions that the company has now released its second generation uh, of this lock from their website. I gain, I gather that it is called the uh, Shepherd Lock Pro, and it raises the bar with facial recognition and touch access in addition to the lock's first-generation security features. It says, all you have to do is look at it, it will recognize you. If your face is authorized, you just touch the lock and it unlocks, which means that you don't have to carry a phone or a fob or anything with you. And that is a quote from the CEO of Passive Bolt. There was no price listed in the article, but on the manufacturer's site, shepherdlock.com, it appears that the older original model was $249.99. The Wi-Fi bridge that it required, if you got that with it, up the price to a total of $299.99. The new model, the pro model, is listed at $279. So there's that. And like I've said before, there are problems with smart locks. You know, uh, Wireless security and electronics security is not all that it should be yet. Uh, It actually seems to be getting worse over time, so that is something to consider. However, if, like I said in the last episode, if it comes down to people are going to lock their door with this, or they're not going to lock their door because it's inconvenient, uh, I would rather they at least do something. In community news this week, Artichoke2000 sent in a video to me by Mr. Three Raccoons in a Raincoat. It's the first public pick of the COD Key Loxis L52. This is a 24 pin lock. It uh, consists of two distinct cores. There's a uh, two plugs basically in this lock, and a really, really long key. There are 15 pins in the first core and nine pins in the second and as far as anybody knows at this point this was the first public open of this uh particular type and so you should check it out again uh, these high pin count locks are uh, they're very difficult to pick if they're made well and uh, they can be extremely frustrating to learn to pick and this one with two separate cores that have to be tensioned and a total of 24 pins between the two cores yeah i'm Very impressive picking there. And Artichoke2000 released a video himself uh, here recently called The Theory of Picking Gin Spool Drivers, Gin Series Part One. Another one of his excellent tutorial videos. The visuals are amazing. Um, I'll just read the description here really quick. It says, in this video, we explore the theory of picking my favorite security pin, the Gin Spool Driver. As always, I have many people to thank that have participated and made this video possible. Captain Hook number one for creating the fantastic cutaway scene in this video. Legend of the Samurai, Captain Hook number one, A Monitor Darkly, Michael Gilchrist or Norlin, Nidiflor Taherne, aka Polar Bear Liver Feast, <laughs> uh, Correct Jeans, Justin McSlappy, Bat, and Snow for taking the time to discuss your techniques for picking gin and Huck's the father of modern lo- modern float picking, and Mr. Cocolitos, aka the patent hunter for finding the Moser patent. Anyway, you should really go check it out. It is, I think it's a, very possibly his finest work yet. Great, great video. And Pocket Woman could put out a couple of videos on how she made the Dr. Locke lighted followers. She has a several tips that she gives. She shows the mistakes and the problems she had, the modifications she made to the design to kind of deal with some of this stuff. And then she makes a follow-up video that shows how to use a soldering iron to create the hole in the center uh at the end of the acrylic instead of a drill. She kept having problems with the drill fracturing the acrylic. Uh so she learned she can melt the hole with a soldering iron, and it is a really Interesting approach that seems to work pretty well. No shattered ends. I'll have links to both of those videos in the show notes. Pocket Woman also made a video about uh, Master Lock's invasion of Bunnings in Australia. So, Bunnings is a large warehouse, uh, looks like home improvement style store. She went through the padlock section at Bunnings there in Australia and shows that master locks have started to take over the padlock section from lockwood also it appears i don't have any direct knowledge of this but she says that they have increased the prices on the lockwoods which to me strikes of some sort of weird deal they've got with master lock so that to make it so the uh, lockwoods aren't as competitive anyway it's an interesting one i'm not sure what's going on there but trading out the good quality Lockwoods for the typical poor quality uh, master locks is not, I'm sure it's probably a good business move, but it's not good for the customer. I don't think you're selling out to an American company that has their locks made in Mexico and China instead of supporting your own local businesses. So I don't know. Another video shared by Pocket Woman was by Andy Mack making a key for. An 1880 prison door lock. He had to take a key that wasn't the right one, grind it down, solder on a new bit, and shape it properly to get past the warding. Basically, shows how much work goes into making a custom key for an old lock that doesn't have one anymore. Quite a, a good instructional video. You should check it out. I love these videos where people make things and uh, show their their skills. And speaking of making things, Sherell shared a video by FishPix that came out this week. It's another one of his excellent videos on, and it's how to make the best tension wrench for lock picking using wiper blade inserts. And I'll just read the description because uh, it's important that you know who gets the original credit for this design. So he says, in this episode, I'll be taking you step-by-step through how to make the best tension wrench for lock picking using wiper blade inserts and some simple tools you'll find in the garage. The universal tension wrench designed by Chris Capoon is recognized by the LockSport community as one of the most versatile and effective tensioners around. Some people have said though, that even with Chris's tutorial, they've struggled to replicate his design. I was one of those people. So I set about trying to come up with a definitive guide uh, to making this tool in an effort to compliment Chris's excellent work on the subject. And this is the result. He says, if you'd like to go back to Chris's channel and see the original material on the subject, you can find the, them find, using the links he has in the description. I'll have links to fish Pick's video, which is excellent as usual. And to uh, the two Chris's videos that he links to. And those will all be in the show notes at the locksportscast.com. And a video I found interesting was uh, by The Lock's Nest, is how to disassemble a Fichet monoblock cylinder. He goes through to show how it's joined together, what you have to, the pins you have to drill out basically to get it to come apart, and how to put it back together again after that into a usable assembly. He shows this beautiful cutaway Uh, As the thumbnail in the video, that's not actually the lock he's working on. He's not actually demonstrating on the cutaway at all. But I I really like the picture of that cutaway. I'd really like to be able to play with that and see how everything works. But anyway, uh, I, I think it's a great video for... Fishes are built a lot different than pretty much anything else out there I've seen. So it's a good video if you get your hands on one of those to know how to take those apart. For Karate Belts this week, we have four new Purple Belts. We have Lock Sotos Sotos, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, Lag Avenger, and Helix. They all earned Purple this week, so congratulations to all of you. Remember, this show is only possible because of the information and support provided by you, the community. So if you are getting value out of this podcast, please help support the podcast by sending in news, links, videos, information, anything you have that's Locksport related, and any part of Locksport or locksmithing that relates to Locksport, anything that you think the Locksport community might be interested in knowing, send it in to me. I will disseminate it on the podcast and you'll help keep this podcast going. If you can't do that, you don't have access to much new information, you can always help out by sharing the podcast with your lockpicking friends, if you're watching on YouTube, leave a comment, thumbs up, that helps the logarithm. And uh, you can subscribe or donate on Patreon or PayPal. Uh, patrons do get a private RSS feed that has the shows that come out a little bit early, usually about a day on regular episodes, about a week on interview episodes. If you support the show with a donation or information I use in the show, I will give you producer credit in the show notes. And now it's time to say thank you to the people that made this episode possible. First off, we have the founding executive producers. That's my new title for these gentlemen because they've all been here early on before this podcast was even a year old, helping to support it. So thank you to all of you. We have Meddler, PandaFrog, Michael Gilchrist, StarryLock, William's Brain, Dave to be deciphered, Lebon's Locksport Journey, Pat from Uncentered Tactical, Bill N., and PH Picker. Thank you very much to all of you. Chief content producer for this episode is Pocketwoman. She sent in quite a bit of information for me this week. I appreciate it very much. Other content producers for this episode who also helped out by sending in news links, giveaway information, anything like that. We have Lock Looney, Joshua Gonzalez, Artichoke2000, RunePicker, Logic, Terrell, Michael Gilcrest, Vent, PandaFrog, Picker, and StarLock. Thank you to all of you. You help keep the show going. A quick update on the state of the podcast. I want to put out an episode here some point in the future that covers uh, the different Locksport streams and when they stream. So if you know of a live streaming Locksport channel, be sure to drop me a line, let me know. I know the big major ones, but it wouldn't help. it wouldn't hurt to repeat one that you think is well-known because I might not have seen it yet. Uh, So send them to me or leave them in the comments on YouTube if you're over there. And if you have when they normally broadcast, could you leave that too? I will uh, make a list and I'll cover them in the podcast and I'll probably even throw them up on the resources pages of the Lock Sportscast along with the communities that I gathered earlier. Also, I am looking at setting up a separate site for the Locky Awards. So... This is not something I'm real experienced with. So does anyone have any good suggestions on affordable quality web hosting services with good customer support? That's important. That's why I'm changing my podcast hosting provider. (laughs) I'm not a web developer. I haven't messed with websites since the early 2000s when I was still hand coding HTML. So any advice uh, would be greatly appreciated. You can send it to me at any of the contact methods in the show notes. Also, in the past, a few people have asked if they could buy my custom Packlock 100As. I had said no at that time because I didn't have any extra that I weren't committed to the monthly giveaways. I do actually have some extra now because I bought some to give out as thank yous to some of the people that helped out this year. So if you want one, they are available for $25 plus shipping. Just contact me if you want one. If not, that's fine. I'll save them and give them away to somebody else. As I brought up in the last episode of the podcast, I'm changing around the Patreon tiers just a little bit. The current $5 tier uh, has been renamed to Founding Executive Producers. At the end of the month, I will close it off to new patrons. I'll unlist it and replace it with a different $5 tier with a name to be determined. Because I've run into problems with space limitations in the YouTube description field, The new $5 tier will still include a credit in the show notes and a shout out on the show, but will not include a link to your YouTube channel or whatever in the show notes. I may add a higher tier that does include the link. I figure that will limit the number of total links that I need to include. Current founding executive producers will be able to stay in that tier with all the current benefits for as long as they're subscribed. That includes their link in the show notes. All of that will stay the same for them. Uh, I'm not removing the tier. I'm just going to cut it off from new uh, signups and that should help me uh, save some space in the description field on YouTube and also give a little benefit to those that have been with me the longest. So thank you to all of you. Also, as I mentioned earlier, I have moved the podcast to a new hosting service. We went from Podbean to Fireside.fm. A few links have may have been broken in the process. I found a few and fixed those. I will do my best to get them working as quickly as possible as soon as I find them. Uh, If after about a week, you're still finding any broken links, please let me know and I will get them fixed as soon as I can. If your podcast app fails to download uh, new episodes at any point here in the future, Like I said, try unsubscribing, resubscribing. If that doesn't work, email me, let me know which app you're on and I will work to get that resolved as quick as possible. This was not a decision I took lightly, but I had some serious customer service problems with Podbean and I just didn't think the show was safe on there in the future. As promised, uh, I'm going to announce the Lockie Award winners for 2020 here on the podcast. I suppose you've been waiting long enough if you weren't willing to go onto YouTube and watch the live stream. We'll find out who they are now. So we're gonna go through this pretty quick, but I am gonna mention all the nominees too. So in Best Editing, the nominees were Artichoke 2000, A Monitor Darkly, and Fish Picks. The winner for Best Editing was Artichoke 2000. In Best Audio, we had nominations for Legend of the Samurai, Artichoke 2000, and Lock Noob. And Lock Noob went home with that one. Best Lighting, Legend of the Samurai, Mr. Paradise, and Artichoke 2000 were the nominees. Artichoke 2000 took that one. Best Visual Aids and Effects, we had nominees The Butcher's Block, Artichoke 2000, Fish Picks, Lockfall Laboratories, and the winner was Artichoke 2000 again. Most informative video, we had nominations for Artichoke 2000 for four separate videos, Michael Gilchrist for two separate videos, Naswek for one and Artichoke took that one too. Um (laughs) what can I say? He's been making some great videos. These, by the way, all these were voted on by the community. They were nominated by the community, they were voted on by the community. These are not my picks. In most creative video, we had nominations for the bone in the box, Dusty and Wendy, Michael Gilchrist, and Isaac Heshman, and Dusty and Wendy took that one home. Most impressive pick. Nominees were A Monitor Darkly, Legend of the Samurai, and Lock-A-Lot, or aka Wit. And Legend of the Samurai took that one. Best Out of Package Pick. We had nominations for The Butcher's Block and Panda Frog, and Panda Frog took that one. Most Impressive Gutting Disaster. We had nominations for Hogmaster 13, Georgia Dream, Georgia Jim, and A Monitor Darkly, and Georgia Jim took that one. Most Supportive Commenter. We had nominations for Southampton Lockpicking Club, Legend of the Samurai, Pocket Woman, Evil Arch Conservative, and Marine Swallow. And we had a tie between Southampton Lockpicking Club and Pocket Woman. So I have sent them both trophies. Most creative challenge. We had nominations for Alex, Rune Picker, Panda Frog, and Down Under Monkey. The challenges were the Mad Aussie Challenge, the RP Spicy Challenge, the Million Scoville Lock Sport Club, and the DUM 100 giveaway um and the winner was alex for his mad aussie challenge in most creative giveaway we had nominations for down under monkey on his scissor paper rock championship panda frog for Uh, mini panda frog giveaway and mr paradise for his 500 sub giveaway which is the one we had to make a parody of him the winner for that was panda frog with the mini panda frog giveaway In Best Challenge Lock, we had Rune Picker nominated for the Four Eyes Challenge Lock, Down Under Monkey nominated for his Interceptor Challenge Lock, and it was a dead tie. So I just went ahead and declared them both winners and gave them both a trophy. And yes, next year I have a plan for tie-breaking. I will allow myself to vote in the case of a tie. That's the only situation where I actually will cast a vote next year, but I will be the tie-breaker next year is my current plan. In Best Custom-Made Pick category, we had nominations for Engineer Snowman, uh, Jason J. from XB Mods, and Logan's on Platforms, and the winner of that one was Engineer Snowman. In Community Spirit Award, this was the one that was just for overall community spirit, didn't have to have anything to do with YouTube, it just had to be a Locksport community spirit. And I asked people to state why they were nominating the person they nominated. So I included those in the original video, and I think I'll read those here real quick. The first nominee was Super Loki, and the reason was, just for the simple reason that this dude has probably the biggest burden to carry and is still always in a good mood, helps new pickers to gain skill, is always friendly, and helps the Discord running like a pro. When you ask around things about Loki, not a single negative thing will be written. And the next nominee was Panda Frog. Panda Frog, there are a few people that nominated him, and I'll read off the the reasons they stated. First one said, "Panda Frog is always active on our slash lockpicking YouTube, and created both ChallengeLock.com and the One Million Scoville Locksport Club, and is always doing giveaways and participating with the Locksport community." The next person said, Hottest Club, many giveaways, creating a community and bringing people together. The next one said, he's a great dude and does tons of giveaways to support the community. And the last one said, he made the nomination and voting websites and has run a, total, has run a ton of giveaways in 2020. And the winner on that one was PandaFrog. So congratulations, PandaFrog. He already knows, but just say it again. And that was the Lockheed Awards for 2020. So congratulations to all the nominees and the winners. Like I said, during the award ceremony, just being nominated should be a huge honor because it was not a simple click or type in a box process. People had to go to my website, follow the instructions, click a link to go to PandaFrog's website where the nomination thing was being hosted, enter in, who they were nominating, and try and provi- I asked them to provide a video or a description of why they were nominating each person, and all those in one big form, and submit that so it would get emailed to me. So it was no small feat. And in this day and age of where people don't want to spend a whole lot of time going through forms and registering, they had to register on PandaFrog's website to even be able to do it. That's how we kind of kept it limited to uh, no bots or, or something like that, just spamming it anyway. So uh, the fact that they went through that to nominate you should be a huge honor. They, you, the community obviously values your content or your input. In lockpicking criminal news this week, I've got a strange story. Um, I wasn't familiar with this story to begin with, but there was a Maltese blogger, investigative journalist, that was assassinated with a car bomb. I'm going to butcher her name. I apologize. No disrespect meant, I just, I have no idea how to properly pronounce this clearly, but I'll just say Daphne Galesia, she was born on August, in August of 1964, and she died in October of 2017. She was a writer, blogger, anti-corruption activist, investigative journalist who lived in Malta. She was reporting on government corruption, nepotism, and several other problems in the area. And on the 16th of October, she died while leaving her home in her car by a bomb that was detonated that had been placed under the driver's seat. So, police did their investigation. They tracked down that it was a cellular remote. They were able to track down who used the phone that triggered the remote because he did it from his boat offshore so when they triangulated it they had video footage of his boat going there and coming back anyway not the smartest but they tracked him down they were able to kind of break the case well uh, during this article that I I read here came out on March 9th of 2021 and during some of this trial stuff it turns out that a Robert Aegeus, known as Tal Mexar, had acquired a vehicle similar to the one that she drove so that her executioners could train on how to defeat the car lock. The, the article was titled, it says, Daphne Hitman used car supplied by Robert Egeus to practice lock picking court hears. The information was divulged in court by Superintendent Keith Arnaud, who was testifying in the compilation of evidence against Aegeus and his brother Adrian and associates Jamie Vela and George De Giorgio? The four men are charged with involvement in the murders of law- lawyer Carmel Cherkop and Galizia. Anyway, so not only her, but they also killed the lawyer, according to the court, or the prosecutors, says that uh, Aegeus and Vela had supplied the bomb that killed her and showed her executioners how it worked. So here we have a case of uh, lock-picking assassins. They learned on a very similar car how to defeat the lock so they could plant the bomb without there being any suspicion and then blow it up remotely when they saw her driving away from her house it's a sad story she was trying to do some good and you know corruption runs deep sometimes and there's a lot of a lot of people who don't want to stop it's kind of a sad story and i kind of debated on whether i should cover it at all but it did cover um lock picking so there it is sales this week are exactly the same as last week so feel free to skip it if you want uh, Hooligan Keys has 15% off with the code NewStuff21. 3D Locksport has 10% off with the code PackLock10. Mako Locks has 15% off with the code BuyMako, and their Black Friday Specials page is still active for some reason. UK Lockpickers has 10% off with the code Gift. No expiration dates given on any of those, but they all work this morning. Giveaways. Michael Gilchrist has a giveaway going till the end of the month. The hashtag Norland 400 giveaway. To enter, subscribe, make a video picking a lock, include hashtag Norland400 in the title of the video, and give a shout out to this giveaway in your video, and that's the way you enter. Starlock his Operation Starburst giveaway, his Starry's Posse Operation Starburst giveaway, is still running, and it runs until midnight on the 19th of March, so check that out. If you haven't entered already, you're starting to get close on time. Talonpick's 50,000 subscriber giveaway runs till the end of March. PH Picker has his hashtag PH100 giveaway, and he also has his hashtag PHNewPicker giveaway, both of which are running till the end of the month. There will be links in the show notes to the videos you need to go to find the rules on all of these. Room Picker does uh, random drawings, giving away the challenge locks he's already picked. So go over and check his channel out if you'd like to win a challenge lock to pick. Panda Frog uh, is doing his giveaway once every month, giving away a one of his custom challenge coins and a lock. And I won't go into the details here. You can go over and check out the video. His March video is up. There'll be a link in the show notes. He also is giving away four extra coins for non-video entries throughout the course of the year. So uh, check that out. CLK Supplies does a weekly giveaway where they give away a bunch of stuff on their live stream. Check them out if you're into giveaways. Starlock and Pocket Woman are doing their Shout Out Monday series still. It's uh, technically Starlock's Shout Out Monday series, but Pocket Woman assists him by highlighting more channels. They highlight channels with less than 100 subscribers and they try to incentivize you to go over and check them out and leave a comment. By giving away a 20 pound Lawlock Tools gift certificate every month. So, check out the hashtag ShoutoutMonday to find the rules on any of those videos. And check out Starlock and Pocket Woman's YouTube channels because you have to pay attention to both of them and the videos they do if you want to win the giveaway. The Lock Sportscast. I am doing my Pack Lock a Month giveaway still. So, if you don't want to buy a Pack Lock, all you have to do is provide me with information that I can use in this podcast and I will give you an entry into the giveaway for every piece of information and for every episode that piece of information airs in. I will give you an entry into the giveaway. I also give entries for people who share on social media and tag me. If you tag me so that I know you shared it, I'll give you an entry for that. Remember, this podcast needs your support to keep going, so the best way you can help is by sending in information that I can use in the podcast. Help me keep the podcast going that way. If you don't want to help that way, you can share the podcast. Uh, you can uh, donate, Patreon, PayPal. I'll have a few more tiers going on. Uh, buy some merch. I have uh, If you go to the support.locksportscast.com, you can find several different ways to help out. Thank you. Keep it legal.